0: DJ PK and Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, joining us here real quick here for a couple minutes. Tim, good morning. Good morning, guys. Tim, we want to hit you with the question of the day. What's your confidence level that the Jazz have restored order? You're doing pre, half, and post. So other people can turn off a game in Denver when they get disgusted or a game versus Detroit because they think it's completely in hand. But your butt's sitting in that studio chair watching every minute of every game. So... What's your confidence level? Of the Jazz of restored order.
1: Uh, can you just drill down on restore order? What does that mean?
0: Yeah, that's an excellent question. Was uh, your confidence uh, shaken to any level with the loss? Maybe you don't think there was any order to restore. That it was just the natural order things. You're bound to lose, and someone was going to have a hot shooting night, and you were you were going to lose your edge one night, and you were going to lose a game. So maybe you don't Got think you. maybe you don't think order needed to be restored.
1: No, I didn't think I was kind of more in that camp. Um, you know, while it was obviously you hey, hate losing the Denver arrival and everything else, it's uh, it was one that really kind of looked on the schedule like it may be a tough one, just given all the circumstances. You know, Brooke Donovan and Favors getting broken back into the lineup after two games out. You know, that always does a little bit of something to rhythm, regardless of or irregardless of, you know, uh-huh. your intentions. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, that afternoon game after a, a home game, you know, to jump on the road and go out and play that thing uh, for an early start. You don't have a ton of those during the season, so that was another one that kind of I thought may be a little snafu for them. Um, but really what it took was a totally dominating shooting night from Denver And I think it really did have more to do with Denver than the Jazz.
2: I know you were associated with that great Utah program at a time that it was on top. And Majerus used to talk about this and, and working for the newspaper and being there. I saw it. I saw the excitement that every arena would have when the Utes played. Can you speak to the idea, because we had Joe Ingles talking about it a little bit. Now, Jazz is the best record in the league, and they're fighting for the best record and probably going to fight for the best record all season. So they're not a surprise, and and teams and guys know who's good, who isn't. So the point being that they're going to get everybody's best shot. Now, what do the Jazz need to do to match it? Because clearly Denver was fired up for that game, and it got away from the Jazz a little bit right from the start.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, that is a a difference, but I think for the most part, you know, the Jazz have been viewed as a winning program, winning organization for a long time, and um, it's one that, you know, as opposed to somebody you can kind of sneak up on, the Jazz really can't sneak up on anybody, haven't been able to for a while, um, you know, for whatever reason, it's a team that people, um, you know, really see, well, I guess just on the history, see, see success for a long time, so... Um, you know, I think it's something that, you know, if the Jazz are chasing the best record in the league, it's a great dialogue to have. And and hopefully, you know, teams are up to play them because that means uh, things are going well for them.
0: So there seems to be a thing that uh, happens on this team where uh, guys are so unselfish, they pass up open shots. And I've... I've slowly over the last, I don't know, couple of weeks, really come to use that as the barometer of how well they're playing. I, I think when they're playing better, like they really get the first open shot and let it fly. And if that's on a two-on-two break, so be it. And if that's four seconds into a shot clock, well, that's the way it goes. If no one else gets to touch the ball in that possession, I don't care. But the when they, when they pass up an open shot and they get deeper into the clock, it seems like things kind of gum up and jam up. And sometimes it works out. Most of the time, it ends up being a problem. Are you seeing that, or am I up in the night?
1: No, I totally agree. In fact, the, last night, the you know when Detroit pulled that thing back and got close, you know the way the Jazz broke that game was off two plays: one in transition to Boyan, um, obviously had a, a tip dunk, you know during that run, and then uh, Boyan again from the corner in a half court set to seal it. And I think the combination of all those was, you know, right shot, right time. My first one was in transition. The second one was after a set. Uh, they ran a great set, by the way, set so us up all screen, uh, put Boyan in the opposite corner. And Rudy came in and pinned in the help which was, for the skip pass, which was just, it was a great design and perfect execution. And Boyan made the shot. Um, I think what's great with this team is that there's all sorts of different ways to score, but I agree with you. When you see a guy pass up an open shot, which doesn't happen as much as maybe we thought last year, um, they probably aren't going to get as good a look as the shot clock runs down.
2: Joe's also talking about Quinn, and I think the essence of coaching is putting your guys in position to succeed. Then it's up to them to go succeed. We saw that. Well, Majerus was good about it. We saw that with Dave Rose, giving Jimmer all that success. You know, I think Dave was the perfect coach for him at the time to allow Jimmer to do what he does. Speak to Quinn Snyder's ability to maximize the talents of the players he has.
1: I've got a ton of respect for it. Um, you know, having, like DJ said, you know, my my can's in the seat the entire game uh, an hour before, an hour after. So you see a lot and you hear a lot. And, um, I think the things that are the most impressive to me. Another one was brought up in the post game last night. Um, somebody asked Quinn about offensive rebounding, and um, you know it really fits with what this team wants to do. They want to find better, more efficient, and easier ways to score. Um, and they're rebounding the ball offensively really well this year. And I think a big reason is, you know, they're using the scattering port. See how people block out. Um, see who leaks out and see those as opportunities and maybe you go co- steal an extra possession um, they're using utilizing the i guess the euro foul and transition to slow down breaks um, when they can and so i think that's just another level that coupled with his like you talked about dj's you know he's allowing the guys to play with more freedom and, and score quicker in the shot clock i think he just sees that he's got uh, a really versatile lineup with a ton of shooting. Really yeah. like a, an embarrassment of riches in, shoot, in the shooting department um, compared to the rest of the league. I mean, Detroit last night—if we had a sh- three-point shooting contest, you know, that thing would have been over in the first five minutes. Um, so he just—he does. He utilizes his strength. He plays to it. Um, and I—I really—it's—it's it's hard as a coach to get something. Set in a certain way to play and then tweak that and change it, um, even though things are working pretty well, to try to find something better. And I feel like that's what Quinn's done.
0: Since you stopped coaching at BYU, you've let the hair get longer, you let the facial hair go. I didn't recognize you famously at a golf tournament until, you know, it was a double take before I realized, hey, wait, that's Tim Lacombe. And I'm wondering, our next guest, and we got to go because John Clayton's going to join us next, but is that awesome. the greatest promo you've ever seen? With the the ponytail and the and the poppin' oh I mean, dude, right? Is that yeah. you? Is that gonna be you in like five years?
1: Probably. I, I mean, this isn't going to end. But I agree. That was so. That was that was one I actually belly laughed when I saw. I don't belly laugh a lot of commercials, but that one got me good. And John Clayton's a legend, by the way. Tim, we appreciate
0: the time. We'll talk to you again next week.
1: All right. Thank you, guys.